اشرب شرب اهل الصفاء الله الله بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله They say just as our bodies need nourishment to survive, our souls need to be nourished as well. But the question is, how often do we feed our souls? Welcome to Soul Food, a podcast about spiritual refinement. My name is Amjad Tarsin and I invite you to embark with me on this journey inward to work on our souls. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to episode 18 of Soul Food where we are going to look at the next obstacle, the fifth obstacle that Imam al-Ghazali mentions on the spiritual path. And when a person with Allah's assistance and grace is able to overcome the obstacle of hindrances, the last one that we looked at of those things that really weigh down the heart in different ways, then they move on to the fifth obstacle, which Imam al-Ghazali calls the obstacle of incentives. So in this episode, we're going to look at the benefits of hope and fear. And then we'll look at the precursors, the prerequisites that someone needs to have for each of them. And then finally, we'll look at the middle way, the way to be in the middle between hope and fear. So benefits of hope and fear, you know, even when you arrive at this obstacle, the fifth obstacle on the spiritual path, according to Imam al-Ghazali's book, Minhajul Abidin, he says that the nafs still has an effect on you. The nafs still has a hold on you and you're not free of its evil and you're not free of its effects. At this point, when you're at the fifth obstacle, and alhamdulillah, we've gone through so many things that Imam al-Ghazali is talking about, whether it's the hindrances or whether it's the dunya or creation, or the nafs, or the shaitan, or repentance, that there are many steps along the way. So when a person overcomes the hindrances, the end of the last obstacle, your nafs is saying to you at this point, you know, are we there yet? Like, is there still so much more that we have to continue? You're just at the fifth obstacle, you're not at the end. And your nafs will continuously call you to laziness it will continuously call you to be heedless and will call you, as Allah says, that truly the nafs, the lower self, incites to evil. It will call you even to, even, uh, even to harmful things and evil things that will be of no benefit to you and harm you in the next life. So Imam al-Ghazali says, at this point, this obstacle, the reason it's called the obstacle of incentives is because you have to incentivize worship for your nafs. You have to encourage your nafs now to take on worship because it's tired and it's going to want to pull you down and it's going to want to give up. So the way that you inspire it, Imam al-Ghazali says, is through hope and fear. And you have to follow both hope and fear, but you have to give each one their due right and in the right amount. Because Imam al-Ghazali says the axis of worship, that worship is built upon establishing acts of obedience and abstaining from sins. And the only way to maintain that, being able to establish acts of obedience and avoid sins is through the recognition of the promises of reward and the warning of punishment. So that brings us to the benefits of fear. You know, in today's world, we don't talk about fear as much. 
I think largely because there was a time when fear was misapplied to an extreme, that people would always talk about fire and brimstone and hellfire and the kuffar and like a really negative, almost exclusively focusing on this aspect and misapplying it. And our deen is not a deen of extremes. The way to God and the path of the Prophet, peace and blessings be upon him, is not a way of extremes. But when people experience the harm that they get from an extreme, they usually swing to the opposite extreme. So if someone, all they hear about is hellfire and how terrible you're going to be, and it's like this really doom and gloom approach, they just say, you know what, I give up. Like, I don't even want anything to do with this. So nowadays, it's rare or it's less common to find people talking about the aspect of fear. But it is important and it is part of the balance. And Allah warns us of things in the Qur'an to invoke the feeling of fear within us. Why? So that we can avoid it. So Imam al-Ghazali says the benefit of invoking fear is that it makes you repel away from sins. Because the nafs is so inclined towards sins, it's inclined towards bad things, and it loves things that might not be in your best interests. And the only way to prevent it from giving into that is by giving it a firm warning and invoking fear into it. One of the righteous scholars, when his nafs called him to evil, went out on a very hot day and he started rolling around in the sand. And if you've ever been in the desert, you know, in the middle of the summer, like the sand gets really hot. It's like rolling yourself on like concrete or asphalt when it's really hot. So it's extremely hot. And when he felt the pain of the heat, his nafs woke up and said, okay, I can't withstand this heat. Then I definitely cannot withstand the heat of the fire. So he did that as an exercise. It doesn't mean that you have to do that necessarily, but he did that as an exercise for perspective. Like if I'm going to give in to this sin, can I handle the consequence? So he experienced a little bit of pain to remind himself and to invoke that fear within his nafs not to be tempted into that thing that's haram. The next benefit of fear that Imam al-Ghazali mentions is that it prevents you from self-admiration, from ujub and vanity which is also one of the very dangerous spiritual ailments, one of the very dangerous spiritual diseases that can destroy your good deeds and destroy your progress. So by invoking fear, it makes you fearful of whether your action is actually even accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or not. So when we talk about the fear related to not having self-admiration, this is different than someone who has very low self-esteem and someone who tends to fall into a very negative, self-defeating cycle of thinking. Oh, I'm so terrible. I'm not worth anything. I can't do anything right. I'll never amount to anything. That's not what we're talking about. This is the kind of thinking that someone who is doing good deeds should have so that those good deeds don't go to their heads. Someone who's working hard, someone who is striving, but then they don't let their work or their effort make them become self-admiration and self-satisfied, 
right? So this is what we're talking about. Ibn al-Samak, one of the great scholars, he used to say to himself, you know, speaking to his own nafs, he would say, you say the words of those who are detached from the world. In other words, you talk the talk, yet you have the actions of the hypocrites. While you think you're desiring paradise, how far-fetched that is. So in other words, he's talking to himself. This is called muraqaba, when you're actually calling yourself to account. And you're saying, you know, I think I'm doing something, but deep down inside, my actions speak differently. So he would use this approach, he would use this exercise to wake himself up and not become overly confident in his own self. So this is another benefit of fear because, you know, you have to be careful not letting the nafs become self-absorbed or to incline towards sins. And the companions, radiallahu anhum, even those who are promised paradise, al-ashr al-mubashirin bil-jannah, the ten who are promised paradise and others, they would still be fearful. You know, Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab, radiallahu anhu, he said, if everyone was promised paradise except one person, I would fear it would be me. And if everyone was to be entered into the fire except one person, I would hope that it wouldn't be me. So in other words, there's a balance of that hope and fear. The benefit of hope, now to look at the benefits of hope in contradistinction or comparison or complementary with fear, is that hope inspires you to do worship. That when you have hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it inspires you to worship because the performance of good deeds is actually very heavy on the nafs. When you're getting up for prayer, when you're getting up for fajr or taraweeh, or you want to give in charity, or you want to fast extra days, or you want to read some Quran, it's heavy on the nafs. So you have to inspire the nafs through the hope for great reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because you have all of these things, your nafs, the shaitan, all of these different forces trying to hold you back and make you look for immediate gratification and not the long-term benefit of worship and seeking the hereafter instead. You know, a scholar, he once said, sadness prevents a person from eating and fear prevents one from sinning and hope strengthens one for worship and the remembrance of death detaches you from unimportant things. So you see here that hope strengthens you for worship and the remembrance of death detaches you from unimportant things. So all of these things have a particular place within which they fall. Another benefit of hope is that it makes the difficulties you have to overcome seem small in your eyes. And they say, whoever knows the value of what they're seeking thinks little of the sacrifice. Imam al-Ghazali says that a person who wants the sweetness of honey withstands the stinging of the bees when they're trying to get that honey. Or someone who is working a job and it's very exhausting or very tiring or someone who goes to school for X number of years and works really hard, they're able to do that because they're looking forward to the compensation that they'll receive. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. There's a reason for why I'm doing this. I'm going to be paid at the end of the month or I'm going to get a good job or I'm going to get something that is very pleasing to me. So those who have devoted themselves to Allah when they reflect on the rewards of paradise 
and its various pleasures and luxuries and all of the things that Allah has prepared for His righteous servants, the nearness to Allah, looking upon His noble countenance, then they're able to deal with the effort it takes to worship Him. And they don't feel sorrow at what they have missed from the temporary pleasures of the world or what they faced of difficulties. So that brings us to the next point. What are the precursors of fear and hope? Because someone might be saying, I'm not affected by the promises and rewards. You know, those things don't work for me. So how do you get to the point where you're affected the way that you're supposed to be affected by these things? Imam al-Ghazali says, in relation to fear, you should remember the abundance of sins that have occurred in your life in the past and the danger of possibly falling into them again. When you remember these things, you start to have a little bit more fear and you start to say, you know, what? I'm not in as good of a position as I might have thought. The second thing he says is remembering the severity of Allah's punishment and knowing that you can't handle it. When you remember that, it starts to make you also recognize, you know, I got to be careful. I have to take this seriously. I'm not guaranteed that I'm going to be successful. And then the third thing he says is remembering Allah's power over you and his ability to take you to account at any moment is that your life could end in any moment. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can punish you at any moment for a mistake that you have made. Now, the precursor to hope is then remembering God's numerous favors that He has given you, even when you never deserved them. The numerous favors that you have before you were even able to ask Him for anything and before you ever did Him any act of obedience. Another way to instill or to inspire hope within your heart is to think about how He not only gave you those favors, but He continuously sustains you with His gentleness and mercy. Is that if Allah gave you the blessings that you have in your life because of the good deeds that you've done, the good deeds that you've done, they're limited, but the blessings are continuous. The third thing Imam al-Ghazali mentions is remembering the greatness of his reward based on Allah's generosity, not based on the effort in the act of obedience. Remember and reflect upon that. The fourth thing is thinking about the vastness of Allah's mercy and how it supersedes his wrath and that he is the most merciful and compassionate. That brings us to the final point, finding the middle way. The path of hope and fear exists in the middle between two dangerous paths that are known as the path of safety and the path of despair. The path of safety is when someone thinks that they're safe. I'm good. I'm guaranteed paradise. I'm guaranteed Allah's mercy. And you have to be careful of that. Allah says in the Quran, أَفَأَمِنُوا مَكْرَ اللَّهِ do they feel secure against God's plan? Only the losers feel secure against God's plan. In other words, do not feel that you have such a sense of security and safety that Allah cannot take you to account because Allah has power over all things. The other extreme path, which is also a path of destruction that is not part of the middle way, is the path of despair. 
is when someone becomes so fearful that they despair in Allah's mercy, that they despair in Allah's forgiveness. And Allah says, لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله Do not despair of the mercy of God. That despair in the mercy of Allah is one of the gravest sins. So that brings us to the middle path, which is balancing hope and fear in the right amounts. Not that you have more hope such that it makes you feel secure, nor you have so much fear that it makes you despair. Allah says in the Quran, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا يُسَارِعُونَ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ وَيَدْعُونَنَا رَغَبًا وَرَهَبًا وَكَانُوا لَنَا خَاشِعِينَ Indeed, they used to race in doing good deeds and call upon us with hope and fear, totally humbling themselves before us. That is the middle path, and that is the path of those who are successful with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's the way that we incentivize the nafs to keep on going, to keep pushing forward, because there is more to be done, and there are greater rewards yet to come. That brings us to the call to action. Reflect on one sin and one blessing. Reflect on one sin that you've done and one blessing that you have with the intention of invoking fear and inspiring hope. And balance is key. Balance is everything. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us of those who are on this middle path, who have the balance in our adab with him, in our etiquette with him. Wa sallallahu ta'ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Thank you for listening to Soul Food. To subscribe to the show, visit soulfood.fm where you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or by email. If you're on iTunes, please also leave us a rating and a review. It helps more people discover the show.